You know when you search for something on Netflix, what you get is only a fraction of what they really have? The streaming service actually has more than 18,000 titles globally, but only about 6,000 of those are available in the good old US of A. That means you're missing out on literally thousands of great shows. Unless, of course, you use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that lets you change your online location, protecting your devices from unwanted snooping and allowing you to control where streaming services and other websites think you're located. There are over 100 different locations to choose from, which means you have access to thousands of new shows and movies no matter where you live. This doesn't just work with Netflix, it works with Disney+, Hulu, Max, a UK streamer called BBC iPlayer, and more. I was on a work trip in the UK during the final season of Game of Thrones, and I tried logging into my HBO account to watch a new episode, but the technology wouldn't let me because of geoblocking. And I wish I had this app at that moment, because I now realize how incredibly easy it is to work around that problem. Here's a more recent example. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is not streaming on Netflix in the US, but I just fired up the episode where Dennis tries to have a peaceful mental health day and technology keeps interrupting his plans. All I had to do was open ExpressVPN, connect to a UK server, refresh Netflix, and the show just popped up. It's super easy. I've also heard good things about that show called Billions, but I've never been a Showtime subscriber, so I've never seen it. But it's actually available right now on Netflix in South Korea, and with ExpressVPN, it took five seconds to switch over and start checking it out. With ExpressVPN, you get high-quality streaming from devices like your phone, laptop, tablet, and TV. And crucially, it protects your privacy and security to keep your information safe from hackers. Stop missing out on great TV and get thousands of new shows with ExpressVPN. We got them to give you all three extra months free when you use our special link, expressvpn.com slash slash film. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slash film to get three extra months completely free. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Home Daily for Thursday, September 15th, 2022. On today's episode, we're going to have a spoiler-filled discussion about She-Hulk, episodes four and five. This is Slash Home Editorial Director Peter Serrata. Joining me on today's podcast is Slash Home Editor, Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. Okay, so we didn't have uh, an episode. Well, we had an episode last week, but that was about the episode the week before. It's confusing. We're two episodes behind, but we're going to catch up today, Brad, and we're going to do it in record time, right? Oh, yeah. By the way, I got my booster shot yesterday and also my flu shot, so I'm, I'm not feeling the best right now. So that's going to help us in, in completing this in record time. Perfect. Um, okay, so I guess let's do a brief reaction of both episodes, last week's episode and this week's episode. What did you think, Brad? Um, you know, roughly more of the same. Um, I feel like the, you know, the, the comedy is not necessarily getting better, but it hasn't really been getting worse. Um, <laughs> they, they definitely seem to be taking their time with like, reveal like like doing anything of like i guess plot significance like it, it really feels like this series is turning what, what are you talking more... about brad she needs to find a suit that fits her <laughs> it seems like the the, <laughs> the the series is really taking advantage of like the comedy side of things as far as like uh story style and being really focused on the character and not so much on any like bigger plot like there's been little tidbits of stuff here and there of like 
obviously, you know, someone tried to steal uh, Hulk's blood or She-Hulk's blood. And so there's there's some, you know, nefarious villainous plot going on. But we still don't have any idea of what, like, any central threat or, like, uh, overall, you know, story that they're telling here other than just here's She-Hulk and the life that she has to deal with now. Which is, is fine on some level, uh, yeah. but it's not entirely what I was expecting. Yeah, I, I expected when they got up to, like, the dating storyline that maybe they would there would be some kind of cleverness to like the take on modern dating and especially like dating like you know a dual personality of jennifer and she hulk and it feels like all the same jokes that you get like oh you know the guy that doesn't care he just cares about himself he's into himself it's on his phone or the guy that likes one of them but not the other i don't know like i don't know why i was expecting it to be better than it yeah yeah and on some level like i i guess like on one hand, it makes sense because the the whole idea of, of Jennifer and She-Hulk is like she's still trying to have this normal life, but also balance it with She-Hulk. And so it makes sense that she's still dealing with the same bullshit she would if she weren't She-Hulk. You know, it's just a little bit weirder and, uh, you know, somewhat more complicated because she is She-Hulk. So I, I guess on one level, it, it makes sense. But on another level, I just I at this point, you know, in time. And just because of the things that have happened before in in TV and comedy and, you know, what's out there, I, I was just hoping for something a little bit more sharp. Yeah. I mean, even the court stuff, like, seems a bit ridiculous to me. Like, having a whole court battle over the She-Hulk name, to me, is just silly because I feel like once media writes about you and gives you that name, like, it's it's there is no court battle. Do you know what I mean? Like, she wouldn't even win the trademark. I don't know. Like, uh, it seems silly. And also, um, as someone who is a magician, uh, I, I kind of hated the dated cliche magician jokes and stuff like that. We'll get oh, to that. Oh, what do you, what do you mean? Uh, <laughs> it, it's just like nothing, nothing clever or funny about it. It's just like the same, same stuff. But okay, let's get into it. I hate to be negative. By the way, I, I'm going to say it again. I'm enjoying the show. I just, not, yeah, not, it's not, like, yeah, it's not, it's not bad. It's just frustrating here and there, you know, like it feels like there's something that could be great here and it's still kind of just like just somewhere in the middle. Okay. So episode begins with uh, Donnie Blaze performing magic in the mystic castle uh, to a sparse audience of unenthused onlookers. And um, this is definitely a take on Hollywood's magic castle. It, uh, the writer of this episode, Melissa Hunter, has been to the castle a bunch. I've, I follow her on Instagram, and she even has a photo of her at the castle, outside the castle, because you can't take a photo in the castle. Um, uh, I will say that I like the idea of a magician, like a super-powered person who's just using the uh, their powers to do like card tricks and stuff. Like I had the script uh, when I was uh, in screenwriting. I had the script about a world where everybody has unique superpowers and then some of the powers are just lame. Like one person can make playing cards appear at the end of their hand or another person can run in slow motion, not like run fast like the Flash, but like run slow. Um, and then it was about a bunch of people that uh, – all these misfits with powers who come together and find that their powers are better than the sum of their parts. Anyways, I, I thought it was uh, interesting that like someone with some kind of superpowers, even a sling ring, would be using that to like just make money entertaining at like a, you know, a magic <laughs> endeavor. Uh, what did you think of that? Yeah, it's. I think that there's a, an interesting idea there, and it would be cool to see something like the idea that you you posited of seeing how people who don't quite have superpowers that are all that great, uh, how they, you know, use them to their advantage if they're not 
fighting crime and they um i think there there is some kind of story like that i'm blanking on like on what it is though like where there's like mundane superpowers and- there is i forget who it was i, I wanted to say josh whedon but i don't think it's josh whedon it's oh maybe it's like seth green or something Someone like that, <laughs> that that had a comic book run about that. Uh, but yeah, anyways, um, I also wanted to mention that uh, in like some of the trailers leading up to this episode, there was a poster of Donnie Blaze's up in the background. And uh, everybody online on Twitter thought that it said Johnny Blaze, a.k.a. Ghost Rider. And they were excited to see Johnny Blaze in the series. And nope, Donnie Blaze. But Brad, do you think Donnie Blaze could be Johnny Blaze's brother? Uh Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they both do stuff with fire. I don't know. Okay. Anyways, let's move on. He calls up a spectator, Madison, which has two N's and one Y, and it's not where you think. And uh, I got to say that this is the one thing that they did right about uh, capturing, like, uh, the Magic Castle as a spectator who has had a little too much to drink, uh, being called up on stage, and then uh, it being very apparent right once they they get up on stage that this is going to be a car accident, you know, of a of a trick kind of thing. Oh yeah. Um, and this is not, this is not something exclusive to Maddie shows either. This happens with comedy <laughs> shows that, that uh, have crowd participation as well, especially improv shows. Yeah. Yeah. But do, do, do they usually call people on stage in the improv shows? So sometimes, sometimes there are bits where like they call somebody up because like they part of like setting up the, uh, the game or the sketch is like getting details from somebody yeah, about yeah. their life, you know? So it, it, it depends. Yeah. Um, okay. So the audience isn't amused by his bad stage magic, and Donnie pulls out the sling ring and opens up a portal on stage, and uh, you can see decapitated heads on stakes in the background. And uh, Brad, is this a realm we've ever seen before? Is this what? Is this a realm that we've ever seen before? It doesn't seem like it. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think we've seen anything with goat demon things. But we'll get to that in a second. Uh, so we cut to Wong watching and jamming out to the Sopranos theme song. He's re- making his Sopranos rewatch, or actually not rewatch. I guess he's watching it for the first time. I thought this moment was really funny for this upset. Yeah, it's an enjoyable scene. Yeah. Uh, so the woman, uh, Madison, appears and explains how she got there and that uh, she was sent to a different dimension with a talking goat that helped her escape a lava pit in exchange for six drops of her blood. And she also has a heart in her hand. Um, is this a reference to anything in Marvel or is just, just a funny joke? I'm guessing it's just a funny joke. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Uh, okay. So she does, she doesn't know her address, but recognizes the episode of season five, episode 12, long-term parking as the one where they killed Adriana. And, um, I also love that, uh, she spoiled this for, for Wong, who was so like looking forward to watching this Sopranos episode from what, 20 years ago. <laughs> He hadn't yeah, and then spoiled. Yeah. Uh and uh with that, uh he goes to make Donnie Blaze pay for this because not only has he done this woman dirty, but now he's spoiled the Sopranos for him. Uh and uh we get the first title card that wasn't a setup gag reveal, right? Like it was just She Hulk attorney of law. There wasn't any like joke to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh oh, i I forgot to mention we did have an email. Last week, I think I asked, uh, I was mentioning the comic reveal of the show's title each week, and uh, Bob from Nashville wrote in that uh, we were asking if there was a show that does this, and uh, there's a show that comes to mind that Bob brings up that I'm surprised you didn't bring up, Brad, Saturday Night Live. 
Yeah. 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 Uh, and he also says there's also a show, a sitcom from the 60s called The Girl, uh, starring Marlo Thomas. Each week, a cold open would present a situation which would lead to a punch zoom in on Marlo Thomas's face and then the show logo superimposed on top. Like, did you make this mess? No, it wasn't me. It was, and then zoom in, that girl. Um, so, yeah, it's been done before. Um, okay. So, anyways, um, Jennifer knows how much we like Wong and comments on how having him appear on the show is like Twitter armor for the week, which I, I kind of like that they are, you know, obviously the stuff has been written over a year ago, but they're anticipating the the response to the show and, and doing meta commentary on the response they don't even know that they're getting yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jennifer's dad shows up uh, to install some home security and has a shovel. Is he is going to bury someone, Brad? What's going on there? I think he's probably got some some gardening to do. Okay. <laughs> uh, she didn't even call the police to report the guys who attacked her, uh, so there's no police report. At work, she finished her dating profile on Matcher, and uh, we see a, a code, one of those QR codes uh, for a free comic on, on screen. But I also want to mention that she's looking for a man aged 30 to 45 with a height range of 5'6 to 7'11" who is who likes cooking comedy music dancing yoga and animals uh, okay so Wong needs she hulk to help with the Donnie blaze situation it's explained that he was a former student of the myth- mystic arts who was kicked out for summoning kegs for his fraternity brother uh, he wants to ensure that the no unlicensed people practice the myth- mystic arts ever again. But he has nothing in writing. He didn't make him sign an NDA. He didn't make it. He just, just like a verbal commitment. So, uh, you know, Wong didn't do his his work right there. So uh, and w- when leaving, Wong does a snap change where uh, you change one card to another. That's a thing. Uh, he calls it a cheap human trick. But that's actually a card trick. Um, you saw Jesse Eisenberg doing on the press store for uh, Now You See Me. Anyways, so uh, Nikki, Nikki criticizes... Jennifer's dating profile and tries to boost her response rate by swiping everyone on the app serves up. Nothing could possibly go wrong here. And uh, she Hulk serves Johnny blaze with a cease and desist. Um, Brad, I wanted to ask you, do you think they literally like put a casting call out to like, we need a guy that looks like Morgan Freeman. More than likely. (laughs) I, I wouldn't be surprised if they probably already have like, uh, some specific like casting uh, organizations like that, where their job is solely to find people who look like other actors, whether it's like for stand-ins or, you know, something like that. Yeah. But it totally seemed like they're like, we like, you know, we want like a Morgan Freeman type guy here. And also I want to mention Donnie blaze is played by rise Corio. I think is how you pronounce it. Who is one of those actors that shows up on one episode, guest spots on TV series. He has over 80 uh, episodes on his IMDb. Ranging from like Dexter twenty four, Hawaii five zero, uh, but Brad, did you know he's also married to Cat Corio, who directed six episodes of the series and is the executive producer? And I'm sure that had absolutely nothing to do with this casting. No, Hollywood is not known for its nepotism. <laughs> okay, uh, but although I will say that he did a good job in this role, so I'm I'm, I'm not making a joke about his. Uh, he is also uh, perhaps more famously known uh, for being filmmaker Billy Walsh in Entourage. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, was that just the Entourage movie? 
No, no, he was the in show. the entire. He was he was in the series for a while. Oh, he too. was in the show. Okay. Yeah, because he directed uh, Medellin. Oh yeah, yeah. That was like near the end of the series, right? Yeah. No, that uh, was that was that was in the middle. It was it was, was like it? a pretty yeah pretty big arc for like the, I think it was like season three maybe. See, I, I watched all of Entourage, but it's been it's been vanished from my my head. So I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Jennifer has a date with some guy who claims to be an entrepreneur and is paying more attention to his phone than her. And they have an intense stare down over who's going to pay for drinks. And uh, she loses. She has to pay the bill. Uh, Brad, is there anything the show is saying that's clever about the portrayal of modern dating in this? or uh, the next episode? No, not really. Uh, uh Madison uh, shows back up. This is the woman who Johnny Blaze sent to another dimension. Uh, she appears before the court, but she doesn't help their case. And uh, she mentions that a demon named Jake uh, that she made a deal with. And in the credits, we actually see an illustration of her like making the deal with a goat named Jake. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that they add like new illustrations of those court like illustrations at the end of the, each episode yes it's always pretty fun um so wong makes a good speech arguing that uh having donnie blaze around could destroy all life throughout all known universes and the judge needs needs more time doesn't give an injunction uh madison goes to have froyo with wong and uh, yet again spoils another big soprano's death and um, Jennifer decides to change her profile to She-Hulk so because she's not getting good matches with Jennifer. Maybe if she's She-Hulk, she'll get better matches. And this instantly works. Like, she gets matches, like, uh, so many matches right away. And we see Jen out on dates with a few guys that uh, look better than the last douche. But uh, these guys also seem to be douches of their own kind. Um I mean, I get the show is saying that dating sucks, especially in your 30s. Um, one of the guys gets super excited about her being She-Hulk and asks her if her skin is impenetrable. And she's like, uh, no, it isn't. Nothing on Earth. And she's like, what about with vibranium? Um, do you think, Brad, I have a theory here. Have you heard this theory about this guy? I mean, I assume the theory is that he's like some kind of henchman and was like doing research for whoever the villain is. Yeah. So the the people that attacked her last week, there was one of them that had a mask on and uh, actually talked too. So it looked, it sounded a lot like this guy. Do you think that this guy who we see, see coming back later, I think in next episode could be working for that the crew that we assume is called the wrecking crew. That's what everybody's assuming it is from the comics, but we don't know for sure. Do, do you think it's him or do you think that's just random joke? Um, I think it's possible. I, and even if it's not that, that same guy, I don't think, I think it's out of the realm of possibility for him to still be a henchman uh, of some sort. So it's cause that, that's immediately what I thought, regardless of the wrecking crew, that this guy might have more, uh, have an ulterior motive. Um, Aside from wanting to date She-Hulk, but you know we'll we'll find out soon enough, I'm sure. Yeah, if you have time, go back to uh, that episode where they're in the van and the guy with the mask talks. It sounds a lot like this guy. What's his name? Todd. I think it's Todd. Uh, okay, so She-Hulk finally finds a good-looking guy named Derek who 
seems to have a good job in medicine and doesn't want to talk about himself and would love to split some fries with her. And it seems like this guy is the, the perfect guy for her. Do you know who this guy is, Brad? I don't think so. He's played by a man named David Otunga, who is a famous pro wrestler who was ah. a lawyer turned pro wrestler. And that was his gimmick that he's he was ah. a lawyer. So this is a fun cameo. Did you know about that before? Because I you did not. Your love for wrestling? Oh, okay. No, I looked it up. Uh, this is past my time of wrestling. I think this is probably more recent. But um, yeah. Okay. So anyways, uh, Johnny Blaze uh, is performing. His audiences are sick of seeing the same tricks. And somehow... He uses the sling ring to conjure up a dove that lays an egg that gives birth to a demon creature. And Blaze is able to kick the creature into the portal. But he not only escapes, but opens the portal, allowing tons of bat-like creatures to escape. And uh, uh, he goes to Wong for help. And, of course, this interrupts She-Hulk's perfect date. And... While I'm describing this to you, Brad, this all sounds like better than it probably was in the screenwriting level. <laughs> like it sounds like, oh, it's all coming, colliding together. Um, uh, and, and she needs to go help Wong at the Mystic Castle uh, fling the creatures back into the portal. I thought this like action sequence was kind of fun. What did you think? Yeah, it was it was all right. Yeah. Uh, She-Hulk is talking as uh, she's like wrangling up the demons like, uh, it, it's weird because it looked to me like she wasn't even talking on screen. Like, I didn't see her lips moving. So I wonder if this is like something that ADR and didn't have time to, like, CG her lips moving. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just bad CG, like, a lot of, a bunch of the stuff in the show. But it seemed weird to me that, like, she's, like, talking to herself and you can't even, at times, it looks like her lips aren't moving. Um, uh. Again, my biggest criticism of the show, aside from CG, is that She-Hulk doesn't seem to have a struggle with anything. Like here, she's she's in this like probably the coolest action scene that we've seen so far in in the She-Hulk show, but she's acting like it's like more of an annoyance than anything else. She's like, oh, I got to get these creatures back into the things, get back to my date. Like it's not like a, a challenge of any kind. So, um, yeah. She-Hulk gets them to agree to the cease and desist and goes back to her apartment where her date is busy reading a book, not just any book, but uh, the book Bad Feminist. And uh, this guy seems to be so perfect. What's going to go wrong, Brad? Uh, <laughs> we'll find <laughs> out. Uh, the next morning, Jennifer turns on the news to learn that Titania has been cleared of all charges. Her boyfriend is surprised to find her not in Hulk form and leaves in a hurry when he sees her as Jennifer. Um, I guess the problem here, like the first couple episodes were about her embracing the fact that she's She-Hulk, right? And yeah. now that she's embraced the fact that she's She-Hulk, I think the problem now is that um, now that Jennifer has embraced both parts of herself, she needs to find a someone to be with who, who likes both ha halves of her personality. Or not personality, I guess the same personality. Physical being? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's like, I guess the best way to like say it is like, it's like if somebody, it's pro probably like just being a celebrity, you know? Like, you don't want to be with somebody who wants to be with you just because you're famous. You want someone to be with you because, like, they like who you are outside of being famous, you know? Yeah. 
It didn't seem like that guy was. Wait, do you think that guy only wanted to be with her because she was famous? I I took it more as like no, well, no, no, like that, that I, she was like a big like bodybuilding kind of. Yeah, that that's what I mean. Is I'm just, I'm equating like yeah. the two, like like her, like her. He only liked the She Hulk part of her. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and with that, she is served with court documents by Titania because apparently Titania trademarked the name She Hulk first. I don't know how this works. I don't know how that would even be a lawsuit, but apparently that's happening. And uh, we, uh, end credits. Uh, I didn't love the end beat with Jennifer uh, breaking the fourth wall again to comment the bummer ending to the episode and be like, I guess there's a fun tag. And then, uh, but we do get a fun tag. It has Wong and Madison watching The Sopranos as Madison quizzes Wong about the alcoholic drinks that he's tried. What did your What are your thoughts on this end credits scene? Yeah, it's a, it's a fun little little bit. You know, this was an enjoyable scene between these two characters and bringing them back to have one you know last little laugh is it's a, it's entertaining. Do, do you think we'll see Madison in the future? Do you think she's going to stick around as Wong's like partner? <laughs> I mean, uh, it would be pretty <laughs> funny to see her pop up again. You know, just like if she was started working like as his assistant or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I considering how big of a hit she was uh with audiences who saw this episode i think that uh, marvel probably figure out a way to do something with her i mean if they can figure out a way to you know uh keep thor's roommate daryl around and bring him into thor love and thunder then they can do something with madison i'm sure yeah uh brad congrats we made it through episode one in 23 minutes turns out in this world my superpowers is is being able to get through she hulk podcasts in record time hey there we go okay uh episode five <laughs> Is titled "Mean Green and Straight Poured into Those Jeans," um, and uh, the episode begins with Jennifer seeing a television commercial for She Hulk by Titania in a billboard on Sunset in a podcast, and uh, we get the logo gag "She Hulk by Titania," which I liked. Um, Jennifer and Nikki go to a mall installation for the product launch, and Jennifer thinks it's all snake oil, but Jen- uh, Nikki actually wants to buy some of it, it seems. And Jen confronts Titania and tells her to stop selling the products using her name and that that's not going to happen. Uh, back at the office, Pug asks Nikki for a favor to stand in line for the Iron Man 3 sneaker drop because he needs one to wear and one to collect. In exchange, he'll offer to find someone who can make superhero clothing for She-Hulk. Um I like that the like this Iron Man one sneakers were kind of teased. I think in the first episode, one of the first episodes on like yeah. a computer screen. So like they kind of set up stuff. I I love when shows do that. Yeah, and I just love. I actually, I wish there's two things in this episode, and I I I mean one of them seems like more likely than the other. But I would love to see them come out with a Marvel line of sneakers like the ones that look like in the show because there are some. Marvel sneakers out there that have been inspired by characters and stuff like that. But the ones in particular in this uh, episode that they show uh, in the end credits are very cool. And then we'll, yeah, I'll it, talk about talk about the other bit later. Uh, do you want to talk about the end credits um, drawing now? There's that court watercolor drawing. Yeah, sure. Pug, why not? Yeah. Has Pug showing Nikki his sneaker collection? Yeah, and like if you if you look, it is chock full of Easter egg references to other Marvel characters. Some that are already in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, others that aren't yet. Uh, especially when it comes to X Men, there's a shoe for Cyclops. There's a shoe for Cable. Looks like there's one for for Juggernaut. Uh, there's also nods to the comic book versions of characters, like the red and white uh, Falcon suit. 
the Doctor Strange is like one of his um, classic looks where he has like a, a white trident on his chest. Um, lot, lots of cool little designs right now. It would be so cool if they did the did shoes like this. Yeah, I think that would be cool as well. I, I got to ask you the stupid, uh, nerdy question, Brad. They showed these sneakers in the end credits. Is the end credits canon? Does that mean that Cyclops and the Thing already exist in the MCU? I mean, it is a good question. Um, it's <laughs> probably not. It's more probably meant to be more more yeah. fun, you know, than, than anything. But you know, who knows? I know it's a stupid question. Don't write in and be like, Peter, it's just a joke in the end credits. Uh, but I always wonder, like, where is the line, Brad? Where's the line of like, this is canon and this is like a joke. And I feel like the line is like when it's not live action and it's like the, the drawings. Yeah. Right? And, right. and like, and it, you, you do have to ask too, because especially because, uh, you know, pretty much everything else in these like drawings is something that is depicted in the show itself, you know? So yeah. Okay, so Pug and Nikki go on a fetch quest to the Boba Cafe, and um, which is apparently a front for superhuman clothing business. Uh, there's another QR code on the wall there for a free She-Hulk comic. And uh, they do a bit where the clerk behind the counter pretends to not know anything about it. And uh, there's a joke where she uh, says something in Chinese he doesn't understand. It's kind of racist. Um, he... Shows that he eventually shows them to the back room where he has a closet with a ton of Avengers bootleg merchandise. And I got to admit, no, being an art snob that I am, that I recognize that this art, the artwork on this bootleg merchandise was created by 100% Soft. That's yeah. the name of the artist who, uh, if you're on Twitter, you know, he creates all the emojis for Disney, like the, the head emojis that show up on. Uh, stuff and also uh later in the episode in nikki's desk you see uh this vinyl figure of a dumpster with like a fire coming out of it and that's um a vinyl that he created so yeah and uh, i hope you... that this means that uh marvel and disney will be releasing avengers t-shirts because i will definitely buy one yes with the purple hulk yeah totally want it and I, I love how Captain America's shield, like the colors are off. Um, yeah, I wonder if they'll sell the shirts. I, I would totally buy a shirt. Yeah. A Avengers I, shirt. I have a feeling at some point, though, they have tons of dumb shirts out there. And this one would be like <laughs> super clever to actually make. So they, yeah. they've, they've got to do it. I mean, they did new Asgard tours and stuff like that. And I think yeah. that was a joke that was. Was that joke just in it, like the Avengers Con at Miss Marvel, or was that actually in? I guess that wasn't Thor: Love and Thunder, wasn't it? Yeah, they have like a tourist yeah. part in, in New yeah. Asgard. Yeah. Uh, so they buy some merch in this, uh, and they're sent to a real superhuman designer. And uh, while that happens, She Hulk meets Luke, uh, the the fashion designer of the superheroes, and he's he's kind of a dick. Um, yeah, they, but like a dick in like the way you expect a fashion designer to be. Yeah, like a, a Devil Wears Prada. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, they lie and say that uh, she was in the Avengers to get her an appointment, which technically isn't true. Uh, what are your thoughts on Luke here? I mean, I th it's it's a fun character, uh, and I think the most interesting thing about this is that. Uh, it answers a question that has, you know, long been somewhat of a mystery. There, there are a lot of Marvel characters that we know 
where their superhero gear comes from. You know, Iron Man built his, uh, Black Panther had his made by my Shuri, you know, um, Ms. Marvel just had hers made by her mom, but there are plenty of other characters who, you know, don't necessarily have the resources or the skills to make their own stuff like that. And so this is clearly where, uh, some of them come from. Yeah. I wonder if this is going to be a character that we'll see pop up more often, maybe even more Disney plus shows or, or something. Um, so Luke is at first not interested in doing this job at all, but then he sees the challenge of creating a suit that will adapt both to both Jennifer's size and she Hulk's huge size. And he wants to take it on. Um, Back at the office, She-Hulk's boss is annoyed by the whole Titania nonsense and forces her to have one of the lawyers in their firm represent her him or represent her uh, instead of representing herself. And uh, uh, and that person is Book, right? Uh, what's her first name? I only wrote down Book. I don't have it here. Mallory Book. That's her name. Um, so she explains she th- thought that. Uh, about that she never thought about trademarking her superhero name and Mallory book explained that the characters that she mentioned, Dr. Strange and Thor are their own names and they don't need trademarks. And this is like the kind of thing that I wish the show had more of because I love like, how does things work law wise in the Marvel cinematic universe? But it's kind of like a throwaway joke here. Um, So, Book argues that in court that She-Hulk first appeared in the news media about her client before Titania filed her trademark. Uh, the defendant argues that Jennifer Walters had no interest in the She-Hulk name. Uh, and Book has to show a pattern of Jennifer using the name of She-Hulk. And they run into Todd, the guy who she dated, the one that wanted to know if uh, stuff can penetrate her skin, um, in the office. And the idea comes to display. Uh, depose a bunch of the people that she dated as she hulked to prove her case and um, okay Brad I have something here that I'm not sure is a spoiler or not oh uh, but it was in an episode so I'm, I'm, I'm warning you ahead of time if you want to skip ahead 30 seconds apparently Todd's name was originally credited as Todd slash Todd hyphen Hulk. But then Disney changed it to just Todd. Hmm. Do, do you think this was a mess up? Like, you know, this, you know, someone interning, like putting in the names for the credits and just like, you know, like Todd's in the Hulk. Or do you think Todd is going to become Hulk, a Hulk Todd in this episode, in this series? I mean, considering the theory that is out there about this character and how much sense that would make, it would stand to reason that, Maybe he will get a hold of some of She-Hulk's blood and will turn into a Hulk of his own. Yeah, it could end up being nothing. It could end up being a clerical error. So, uh, okay. So best line of the episode uh, goes to, this is how we're going to win the case by patrolling all your questionable men you dated in front of the courtroom. This is going to be embarrassing. Um, I thought that was great. Uh, uh Mallory Book reads some cringeworthy lines from She-Hulk's dating profile for no other reason but to embarrass Jennifer. Um, a lot of bad jokes here, Brad. I mean, I, I go to you because you're you're the comedy guy here, and I, I, I'm the comedy curmudgeon, so maybe it's just me, but it felt like a lot of bad jokes. Yeah, I mean... They're, they're definitely cheesy, uh, you know, and, like, I, the, the whole idea is for them to be awkward, you know? So, yeah. like, it's it's not 
it's not the worst, but it's not the best either. Yeah. Well, apparently they thought one of these jokes was good enough to be the title of the episode. So I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> one of the suitors says that he would have never dated Jennifer, but went on a date with She-Hulk because she's amazing. And obviously this probably makes Jennifer feel like crap. And She-Hulk wins the court case and the rights to the name. And uh, Mallory goes to a bar with She-Hulk and they kind of become friends. Maybe. Maybe. Are they friends? Kind of. A little bit. In the comics, Brad, Mallory begins to hate She-Hulk and uh, leaves the law firm, becomes the chair of – this is like so comic booky. She becomes the chair of Fourth Wall Enterprises where uh, she wants to – they want to create their own version of She-Hulk. Do you think Mallory has what it takes to become the villain of the series? Uh, you know, I mean, there is something about her that feels like she could have ulterior motives. Uh, so I, you know, anything is possible at this point when we don't have any real idea who the show's villain is. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, finally, she Hulk goes to get her new suit from, uh, the designer. He not only made her, uh, courtroom suits, but he made her something extra. What do you think this is, Brad? It's probably some new design for like the 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 skin tight like tank top shorts combo that like we we've, we've seen uh, She Hulk wear in like comic books before. You know something probably with a little bit of purple in it that will also takes a cue from her comic book design. Yeah, I bet you it's her comic book co- costume for sure. And um, the episode ends with Luke covering up a box with Daredevil's helmet in in it, and it looks different. It's a yellow head which is a throwback to the comics. Mm-hmm. And um, and what did you think of that reveal? Uh, yeah, it, this, so this is, we know Daredevil's coming to the show, and this is clearly a tease for her uh, running into Daredevil in the show at some point. They showed the, a clip of her working with Daredevil um, at a warehouse that has some bad guys in it at D23 last weekend. So this is coming up soon, and uh, just a nice little tease for, for the fans who are excited for Daredevil. Yeah, I'm guessing it's next episode because they're teasing ending the episode like this feels like a lead into yeah, what's going to happen next. For sure, I, I will say that it's very the show. I like things n- nice and neat, Brad. I like uh, <laughs> I have OCD about things, and it bugged me that last week's episode did not have a the, the She Hulk title reveal in a way that like the other four episodes of the show did. Where it, like uh, it's a joke in the show, yeah. And it also bugged me that this episode is the first episode to not have an end credit scene. Yeah, what the heck? But but also like it doesn't bug me because like if you don't have anything, like you know why force it? So maybe they didn't feel like they had something funny enough or anything that really felt like it should be a, a credit stinger. So like I'm not upset by it. Yeah, I kind of feel like the end credit stinger might have been that Daredevil reveal, and they're like. Ah, you know, we don't want people to miss this. We're going to yeah. put in the, yeah. Um, but yeah, Brad, we did two episodes in 37 minutes. Yeah, it kind of just goes to show you that there's not a ton happening in this show, which, you yeah, know, for better or worse. <laughs> uh, who are the villains? What's going on? Like, I'm really, I think, a sh- like, for me, someone who has, uh, you know, had a, a little bit background in screenwriting, aspiring screenwriter. Uh, it bugs me when I can see the seams of a screenplay or teleplay. And like this, you could totally see like every episode is like, 
here's the A plot and here's the B plot. And they even made a joke about it, you know, a couple weeks back. Uh, I don't know. It just feels weird. Uh, I, I wish that it was less maybe episodic. I mean, I guess they want to do a courtroom drama of the week kind of thing. But it, it felt weird that like the whole episode they were searching for her new clothes and that seemed to have nothing to do with anything. Yeah. It didn't even seem to be a problem that anybody – I think someone voiced it after they were already looking for the clothes. Yeah. Mallory. I don't know. Um, yeah. Who do, who do you think the villain is? I mean, I, obviously, we got a tease of that with that crew that attacked her two weeks ago. Yeah, I don't I don't know like if there's supposed to be like a reveal of like a bigger person who's like behind the wrecking crew um or or anything like that. I'm I'm not sure, you know. It's it's really tough to to make any guess mostly because like I'm not super familiar with She-Hulk's comic history. So like, you know, Titania is supposed to be like one of the main, you know, villains that She-Hulk faces in the comics. Um but it doesn't seem like there's much of a threat there. Like I'm sure she's going to be mad after the outcome of this court case, but like what else can she do at this point unless she like is meant to team up with with somebody? By the way, one thing I do want to say, I I want to give a shout out. Uh I think that Jamila Jamil's work as Titania is fantastic. Uh the voice she puts on sounds nothing like her real life voice. She does an, yeah. an, an incredible job sounding like this, you know, typical uh Instagram influencer from California. Like it's it's a great, great performance. I feel like they're building her up to be something more. I, I don't think this is the end of her storyline. I mean, I I just can't figure it out. Well, I, I mean, yeah, it would be silly if it was, so. I also can't figure out what is Jennifer's story arc because it feels like her not wanting to be She-Hulk and then accepting the role of She-Hulk. And then, I don't know, like here now she's trying to find, you know, a boyfriend that will love her for both being Jennifer and also She-Hulk. But me, I mean, I guess it was said in this episode at some point, was it Mallory or Nikki? Someone says like, you know, you're, you shouldn't have even been going out with these guys. Like you're, you're setting your standards too low, but I don't know. I just don't know what the arc is. I really don't see like an arc here for a character, which is like weird. I don't see the, what is the big struggle? What is the problem? Do you see anything or am I, am I, am I crazy? I mean, maybe it's, it's as simple as like her, like just, just the whole idea of her being reluctant to a embrace she Hulk, but then also embrace she Hulk as a superhero. Because right now, She's not doing the superhero thing. She's doing the, you know, I'm a lawyer who happens to be She-Hulk and representing superheroes as a lawyer. But, you know, may- maybe it's as simple as just her, you know, being like, okay, you know, maybe I do have to be a superhero or so- something. Who knows? So maybe she gives up law. But th- that seems like it would be. I don't think they'll have her give up yeah. law. But, but I think it's the idea of that, like, you know, that she has to do all of these things. You know, that she has to be a superhero and a lawyer and, you know, a person. Yeah. Um, how many episodes is this season? Do you know? Uh, I want to say that it's nine. Yeah, nine episodes. Yeah, so we are five episodes in. We only have, uh, uh, let me do the math in my head. Hold on. Four episodes left. And I feel like we don't know who the villain is. We don't know what the big uh, character story. I don't know. I guess that's why uh, uh, it's, if this, this show was delivering on the comedy in a way that, like, I was, like, laughing out loud multiple times per episode, maybe I wouldn't be um, 
docking it for the things that I'm kind of talking about here. But it, I feel like even the the comedy isn't that great for me. Uh, so yeah, uh, again, don't, I'm not hating it. Do not hate this. I uh, do not hate this show. It's just um, it's just kind of like yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I waited a week after, uh, you know, uh, for seeing one of the episodes. Like, it feels like a show that isn't like a I need to see it the night it comes out kind of show. Yeah. So, uh, do you have anything else to say, Brad? No, no not really. I'm pretty much in, in the same position that I have been for every She-Hulk episode after seeing, uh, you know, after watching all four for um, the press preview. And then now this is the first one we've seen that we didn't get in advance. So, yeah, I'm... Oh, yeah, we should say that. We're now on an even playing field here, yeah. Brad. You don't know any information ahead of time. I don't. So, yeah, so. I am – I feel like, uh, you know, I'm I'm amused by this show for the most part. Um, I don't love it. I don't hate it. Uh, it's not like appointment viewing for me if I didn't have to do this podcast and coverage for Slash Film. Um, but, you know, it's uh, – I, I, it still has my curiosity because I'm I'm wondering where this is heading and what it's going to do, you know, not just for this series but for for the larger MCU, you know. And you know, it, it sucks that I'm probably more interested in what it means for the larger MCU than the show itself. But you know, that's just where we're at right now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that does it for this episode of Slash Film Daily. You can find more of all of our work at slashfilm.com. By the way, you can find a piece there. I'll, I'll link it. That I think we we note all the sneakers in the background of that the end shot showing you you know what characters they are because yeah I think I think we got all of them there were, I think there were one or two that we weren't one hundred percent on um but but we we did our best to do uh, pretty much all of them yeah who was doing the work on that we were we were all I mean in our Slack channel we were all like pitching in ideas but it was um yeah we we had a uh, everyone was pitching in as far as Hannah to- I think was doing it right. Uh, I mean, she was overseeing, like, uh, helping to figure out who all was doing it. But we had um, we had somebody else uh, write the article. And okay. I'm trying to scroll back and see who it is. But I am coming up. There's, there's so, so many writers. Well, there's just, there's so many freaking Slack channels. That's insane. Oh, um, <laughs> our, Marcos, Marcos Melendez uh, wrote it up. Okay. I will link that in the show notes. Uh, you can find more at slashfilm.com you can subscribe to this podcast on slash film daily on apple google overcast spotify all the popular podcast apps please feel free to send your feedback questions comments concerns to us at peter at slashfilm.com and we'll see you on monday this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.